You're listening to the Here's the Deal podcast. If you would like more information or would like to connect with the show, check us out on Instagram and Facebook at Here's the Deal podcast. We hope you enjoy the show. You're listening to the Here's the Deal podcast. My name's Dominic Kendall, and like always, I am joined by my friend and co-host, Luke Chris. Luke, how are you doing, man? Doing pretty good. Just excited to be on this podcast with you. Oh, man, it's a it's a good time. It's one of the few things we actually get out of the house and do outside of go to Lowe's and the grocery store, and yeah. so uh, it's good to do. And uh, today we have a guest with us, and we're so excited. Um, we are so excited today to um, have, uh, in a long line of great guests that we've had on our podcast recently, uh, today's guest is an accomplished author, has written books like uh, Pray Like It Matters and Share Jesus Like It Matters, um, and has even recently served as the president of the Southern Baptist Convention in two th- uh, from 2016 to 2018, and currently serves as the pastor of Bellevue Baptist Church in Memphis, Tennessee. Uh, he has been there now celebrating 15 years, and they are doing a great job during this time producing content at Bellevue.org. Uh, we are excited to have uh, Dr. Steve Gaines with us. Brother Steve, how are you? doing today? I'm doing well. Thank you, Dominique, for having me. Oh, of course, of course. And we're so uh, grateful to have you. And, and uh, I think we're interested. What have you been doing during this quarantine time? I know things have been crazy. Uh, we can't gather like we're used to. And, <clears throat> and so what have you been doing? Any new hobbies? Anything uh, that you've been doing? Anything fun? With the well, family? I've been pretty much just, just living life like normal. Uh, I've been reading my Bible even more and praying even more, and studying for sermons uh, more, and not traveling, praise the Lord, and (laughs) I thank God for that. I've been doing a lot of Zoom calls. Man, I told somebody the other day, I'm about Zoomed out, but uh, we've had a lot of meetings with uh, pastors and leaders across the Southern Baptist Convention, just talking with one another on how they're ministering during these days, and also talking about uh, processes of reentry and reopening and how that's going to be. And uh, just also uh, been working out more, uh, lifting weights, doing my Stairmaster machine. And while I'm on there, uh, memorizing scripture, I've memorized scripture for a long time and I've kind of cut it out for a while, but I've started back and reading good books and spending time with my wife and driving around in her RV and, (laughs) Watching movies, watching we watched all the chosen movies. I don't know if you saw oh, those or not. We online. love those. They love were those. fantastic. Oh man! Yeah. So we've been doing good. We've been at home and loving it. I told my wife this morning. I said we've had more face to face time in the last two or three months than we have in a long time. And it's been really good. That's great. Yeah, um, I got to tell you, brother Steve, it kind of sounds like you're living the dream during yeah. this quarantine time. <laughs> yeah, it sounds it sounds great. Um, <laughs> well, I tell you, man, you know, all of us have a lot to be grateful for, and you can either uh, look at the bad or you can look at the good. And I try to choose to look at the good. Yeah, and we, uh, you know, that chosen series. We, uh, me, and my wife, and our kids. I've got three three little kids, four two and and uh, 10 months old and so we've been watching that and, and doing all that fun stuff so I understand the family aspect of it and yeah. so uh, you know one of the questions is you, you mentioned books uh, what what uh, I'd be interested in knowing maybe our listeners too about what books are you reading what books have you been uh, well most of about? the books that I read are called commentaries <laughs> <laughs> that's good yeah I, I study for my own sermons I I don't steal somebody else's sermon and preach it so yeah. I've been studying 
And I'm preaching through, it's really interesting, I'm preaching through the book of Revelation. And the Lord laid it on my heart back in December before anybody knew what a COVID-19 was to to preach on Revelation. And I just finished uh, chapter eight yesterday, and it's talking about pandemics. It's talking about all kinds of pestilence and everything that I believe is futuristic uh, toward the end of time and all. And uh, so I've been reading some great commentaries. Uh, I've got a commentary on Revelation by John Phillips, one by Dr. Walford down at Dallas Theological, Charles Ryrie, W.A. Criswell, Paige Patterson, Danny Aiken and Warren's Wearsby are some of my best ones, and I've just had a great time. But I've also been reading a book, <clears throat> hope to finish it in the next day or two, by a guy named Mark Batterson. Mark is a little bit on the charismatic side, but he is yeah. such a great pastor up in Washington, D.C., and he wrote, uh, he has written probably 10 books, and they're just tremendous books on prayer. But this one is called Whisper, How to Hear the Voice of God, and he talks about the seven Love Languages of God. It's a great book. All of us want to know how to hear the voice of God. And, you know, I think sometimes the Bible talks about God more supernaturally than most of us are comfortable with. Mm-hmm. And uh, God was constantly speaking to Paul, and God was constantly speaking to Peter and to Abraham and to all these other people. And now people say, well, the only way he speaks is through the Word. And I believe the Bible is the Word of God. I believe it's the inerrant, inspired Word of God. But I also believe that the Holy Spirit within us will prompt us to do things. I think every time we have a prompting, for instance, to give, I think that's the Holy Spirit. I think speaking to us. I think every time we have a prompting to witness, I'm sure that's God speaking to us. So God still speaks. He said, my sheep hear my voice. And so that's one of the books I've been reading. I just really like Mark Batterson. He's one of the most engaging authors that you could read. And uh, I would just really encourage you to to pick that book up. It's called Whisper. Whisper. Yeah, that sounds sounds good. It's kind of funny. We talk about, um, you know, kind of the trinity of the Southern Baptist Convention sometimes can be the Father, Son, and the Holy Bible. And I just love hearing hearing you uh, bring the Spirit in there, kind of the forgotten member of the Trinity, and that's just encouraging to hear. Um, I mean, even myself, there's a lot of ways, like you said, that the Bible talks about God, and especially the Holy Spirit, that it does make us uncomfortable. It's supernatural in a way that, especially in our Americanized view, that we are not used to or comfortable with. Um, So that's just interesting to hear, and Encouraging to hear those. I books. think you're spot on, Luke. I, and I think that we're going. Uh, one of the things that God wants to do is to speak to us, and I believe He is speaking to us even through the coronavirus. Yeah, yes, I think He's saying, guys, yeah, you had your big economy going, biggest, biggest uh, that the market, stock market's ever been, lowest unemployment in half a century, and all this other stuff. But, you know, pride goes before a fall. It does. And uh, I, I think God is saying, I can send one little disease and shut the whole thing down. And the thing about it is, I'm going through Revelation right now. The, the diseases during the tribulation are going to make COVID-19 look like child's play. Yeah. So, I mean, <clears throat> it's like God gave us a little tap and just said, hey, you know, are you going to listen to me? Are you going to look to me? Or are you going to look to yourselves? Yeah. And I know that people have died, and I'm not minimizing that. At the same time, uh, multiple people are going to die during the Great Tribulation and in the future wrath of God. So I think God's saying to us, hey, you know, 
you need me more more than you know, and you need to turn to me. More than science, more than anything else, you need to turn to me. Yeah, I think it is certainly, this is certainly revealed to many of us just how void of the Spirit that we have been operating and going through daily rhythms in. Yeah. And just right, uh, right. on that note, I'm just kind of curious to know, being the pastor, um, primary shepherd of Bellevue Baptist Church, how have you been, especially in this uh, hard, heavy time, how have you been caring for the souls and shepherding your people at Bellevue? Well, I've got a great team that works with me, and they have just been nonstop contacting our people. There is no substitute in a time like this for a phone call, a text, an email, and <clears throat> not just a group text, but an individual text. You know, we've been, So we've got all of our staff reaching out to all of our lay leadership who are reaching out to all of our members. And that's, that's the way we do. That's our paradigm. We, we work through the staff, through the lay leadership, to all the church membership. And uh, I've also, Don and I have been producing in uh, our, our, little, uh, our little studio thing up at the church, we've been doing daily devotionals. We had a guy coming out. He was bringing all the equipment out to our house for a while. But every day, Monday through Saturday at 10 o'clock, we release a new daily devotional. I'm in the middle of doing evangelism right now. If you look at there, four to five minutes. Uh, Donna had done a few. We've done about 40 now, I think. And uh, we've really enjoyed this, and we're getting a lot of uh, views on that. We put them on YouTube, and they really do well, and our people really enjoy them. And so that's one big thing that we've done to try to stay in touch. Had a lot of phone calls, a lot of texts. Uh, a lot of Zoom calls, finance committee, deacon officers. Yeah. Our executive staff has had our our staff meeting every week. And really, we've gotten as much done as we would have had we met at the church. Yeah. Uh, we've done broadcast online. And with all of that, we have uh, we can you can go to our website and watch it. Yeah. There's about three ways you can watch us. And we do it live. We don't recording because... I don't know everything about what an algorithm is, but when you have live services, more people watch than if you do it pre-recorded. Mm -hmm. And so we've done it on Facebook, and we've got about six or seven people that are constantly, everybody that responds to us on that Facebook thing while I'm preaching, they respond back to those people with an individual uh, message, like, uh, so glad to have you today, Charlie. God bless you, or thank you for listening. Thank you for that comment, or whatever. Or if they ask a question, we're able, like, say, what was point number three? That Brother Steve said they'll shoot it back to them. And so we've been doing that. And uh, online, I think get-togethers have just been great. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, we're doing the weekly live broadcast. And I want to say this to you guys: more people are hearing the gospel across America and probably across the world today than ever before. I think more people have heard the gospel in the last three months than probably in the history of America. Yeah. I believe that because we've got one church, for instance, up in Middle Tennessee was talking about, you know, we had said we have 150 come on Sunday morning, but 1,500 people are watching us online hmm. every week. That's awesome. You think about what I just said. That's 10 times the amount of people. And there's no telling how many people are watching and we always give a clear gospel invitation at the end and give the people the opportunity to be saved. So 
I, we're going to continue to keep a big online presence. Yeah, that's that's huge. And we've, and uh, I know that that's been the case here. I have friends in East Tennessee. I hail from uh, Pigeon Forge, Sevierville, that area. And so I have friends in East Tennessee. Yeah, beautiful area. Man. Oh, it's yeah. God's country. Yeah. We all know that it's God's country. Um, and so uh, we we uh, you know I have pastors who are at churches that are smaller that have reached many people. And I and I love. Even what you're saying from uh, your your series through Revelation and through this online presence, the Lord is not caught off guard, and He is um, his, his word is going out in ways that we did not expect. Uh, they're not gathering Amen. in our large sanctuaries. They're not. We're not putting on our program, and the and the gospel is spreading like wildfire. And I just that's one of the most encouraging things is that uh, the Lord takes what we think is the best way to do things. And he's like, no, actually, let me show you. And uh, he does them so much better. And I just, I'm so, so grateful for um, uh, churches like yours that um, are, are producing great content for people and uh, are helping keep the gospel yeah. at the forefront. And so, um, and, and uh, one of the things that's really important, and you see it on the news, um, you see it on the news all over the place, and and uh, where especially where I get my news, which I think most of America should get their news from the Rick and Bubba show. Um, uh, you know, I think uh, I think even in that time, you see the nation is responding to this, and there's fear gripping some people. There's uh, that that American spirit gripping others who are going to keep their uh, their hair cutting place open with an a- AR-15 if they have to. Um, you know, there it, it's all over the world and all over the country that this is happening. But what do you think at the end of this that our nation will learn that that America will learn after fighting COVID-19? <clears throat> what What do you think the nation going to learn? Well, you know, in most every uh, serious situation in America, if you go back in our history, uh, Pearl Harbor Day, uh, when we were invading Europe, uh, D-Day and all those things, and during the Depression, people in America turned to God. Hmm. Uh, Nowadays, it seems like they're turning to science. Yeah. And I'm not against science, but we're being told, listen to the science, listen to the science, listen to the science. Well, to be frank with you, the science was not correct. Uh, and I'm not trying to be, you know, any way dismal or anything, but it, they said it was going to be a lot worse than it has been. Now, I've, if you've lost a loved one, it's bad. I get it. Yeah. And so I'm not diminishing that. But the numbers do not come close to comparing what they said it was going to be. And, you know, places like Texas and Florida have not followed the rules and California has gone overboard following the rules and the rate of death is the same. So, you know, something's going on. Uh, You know, I do think that, uh, you know, that we're going to learn that we need to pray and cry out to God Yes, look at the science, don't ignore it, but don't make science your savior. God, through Jesus Christ, is our savior. And repentance and prayer and seeking the face of Almighty God through the person of Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit, like Luke was talking about, and we can look at science and and see what they have to say, but understand that they don't know everything there is to know either. You know what? If I've learned anything is nobody knows what to do. (laughs) Politicians don't, scientists don't, and preachers don't. But I know what to do. Just like 
in the Old Testament, when Jehoshaphat had that great army coming against him over there in the Old Testament, he said, Lord, we are powerless before this great multitude, nor do we know what to do, but our eyes are on you. And when we turn our eyes on Jesus, not on the problem, not on some other man to solve it for us, but when we turn our eyes upon Jesus, fixing our eyes upon him, the author and the finisher of our faith, when we look unto Jesus, he blesses us. And I believe with all my heart, that's the main thing we need to learn. That's good. Uh, We talked about what the nation needs to come out better from this, and I'm curious to know that what would you say, um, let me just say this, I think watching this all unfold and watching people come to the Lord in droves like we never have before. Um, and people just seek the face of God during this time because there's nowhere else. There's no nowhere else to go. Like Peter says in, um, in John when he says, Lord, to whom would we go? I think we're in that moment of yeah. where else would we go? Like clearly everything else that we built our foundation on is failing us. And in my glass half empty mind, I see the church coming out of this being thankful, being grateful, and revival happening for a short time, and then us following in the footsteps of Israel and quickly forgetting and going back to our normal. So I just would want to ask you, what do you think that we as a big C church should learn and hopefully will learn from this pandemic? Yeah. Well, I do think that uh, all revivals eventually end. And I do think that there, you know, I've been praying for revival, but we have not had a nationwide revival since uh, I was in junior high in the 1960s and 70s, right in there. I was in grade school in the 60s. I was in the first part of uh, uh, middle school. I was in the late 60s, early 70s. And right in there, Jesus, the Jesus movement came. Mm. And millions and millions of people were going to church, especially young people, youth ministry, uh, we there was no real youth ministry until the Jesus movement. There was no contemporary Christian music. There was nothing like that. There were no praise bands or anything. And all of that came the 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 five greatest years of baptisms in the church in the Southern Baptist Co- Convention history was from 1970 through 1974 75. Right now, we baptized hundreds of thousands of kids during that time. That's when many people like myself, I was. Uh, during that time is when I, at the end of the Jesus movement, when I got turned on to the Lord and called to preach. And we have not had anything like that for four decades plus. The tide has been out. And I'm saying that mm. it's time for the tide to come back in. Yeah. Yeah. And I believe with all of my heart, God can do that. But I do think that even then it will be temporary. You know, preaching through Revelation shows you that God is sovereign, He is in control. And he is driving this thing toward an end. And at the very end, it's going to get a lot worse before it gets better. Mm -hmm. Now, I believe in the rapture. I believe Jesus could come back at any moment. I don't believe anything has to happen before Jesus comes back. I believe that the gospel does not have to be preached to the whole world before Jesus comes back. The gospel will be preached to the whole world, but it will be through 144,000 Jewish Christians who get saved and sealed during the Great Tribulation. And there's going to be a multitude saved during the Great Tribulation, and then slaughtered. We read about them in uh, Revelation chapter 7, and they're going to be standing before the throne worshiping God, and I thank God for that. But it's going to get darker Mm. before it gets brighter. And Dr. Rogers, who was here before me, used to say, 
it is getting gloriously dark. Mm. And that's how we have to look at it. We're, we can't stop the end of time. God is going to punish this wicked world that has turned against him. And he is going to take out his children. The, the thing about it is, guys, we, the children of God will be disciplined by God, but we will never experience the wrath of God. Oh, yeah. And the wrath of God is what the book of Revelation, the majority of it, is about. Chapter 6 through the middle of chapter 19 is all about the wrath of God. And every time God poured out his wrath on the on the, his enemies, he always took his people out. He took Lot and his family out before he poured out wrath on Sodom and Gomorrah. He protected the people of God in, in Goshen in the days of Moses when he sent the ten plagues. And on and on you can look at it. Wherever God sent wrath, he always protected his people. And in the same way, he's going to take us out, catch us out, the wrath of God will come, at the end of which we will come back with the Lord and establish the millennial reign, the 1,000-year reign on this earth. And it's going to be a new heaven and a new earth after that. It's going to be a glorious time after the judgment. But those that's what I'm looking forward to. I, I'm praying for revival because I want to see a lot of people get saved. Because when God's people get right with God, lost people take notice and they get saved. Yeah. Because we're out there sharing the gospel, and we're doing what we're supposed to be doing. And that's that's what that's all we can pray for. And if, look, even if you don't have a nationwide or a worldwide revival, pray for a church revival. Mm. If you don't, can't have that, pray for a personal revival. Yeah. Pray for a family revival. Just say, Lord, I just make a circle of myself, and Lord, turn turn me into a revived machine, dear God. Let me be drastically in love with Jesus, not in love with this world. I'm telling you, God can do that with anybody, and He can do it with you guys. He can do it with me. He can do it with Russ Quinn. He can do it with your church there in Morris, Alabama. God can send revival. We lived in a, a little while of revival there at Gardendale First Baptist Church while I was there. God poured out his spirit on that place. And, yeah. you know, it still affects people's lives to this day. Mm -hmm. And so I, I'm just believing God can still do that. But ultimately, I know that it's going to get darker in the world. But praise God, Jesus is coming back. Yeah, yeah. One of those. Uh, I don't even remember the question. I just went off. I guess no, that was I good. Either. Yeah, that yeah, was that, I, I, yeah. Who cares about what the question was? That was uh, awesome. That was great. One of the things you quoted, uh, Doctor Rogers, and Russ likes to quote him too. And the other thing he says, um, kind of going along with that, is he'll say that Doctor Rogers, when someone would, would ask him, Doctor Rogers, what is the world coming to? And he would say, Well, it's coming to Jesus. That's right. And I just love that That's so right. much. That's right. And you're talking about. Um, you know, the wrath of God that will uh, be revealed. And then also, I love the contrast you made between the wrath of God for unbelievers versus um, the way that he protects his people. And um, just for our listeners, and Dr. Gaines, I don't know if you've uh, read this book. A new book by Dane Ortland just came out called Gentle and Lowly. And if you're listening to this, I would just encourage you to pick up that book. It just makes the way that Jesus treats his children looks so so beautiful and it'll, it'll just stir your affections for him to know how he how he approaches those who are needy how he approaches those who are outcast and how he looks at you um in your sin if you are in christ man your sin just draws him draws him closer to you because he feels that pity and that empathy for you to lift your eyes up to him so i would just encourage any of our listeners to pick up that book uh, by Dane Orland called Gentle and Lowly. But Dr. Gaines, I want, would really want to ask you during this time, you, you've mentioned all the books you've been reading and um, sermons you've been preparing and all these things and time you've had to yourself just to read and study. And I think our listeners would love to learn just personally in your own heart, what has the Lord been teaching you during this time? 
He's been teaching me that prayer is the best thing we can do. I preached yesterday out of Revelation chapter 8. And in Revelation 8, twice it talks about the golden bowls that he holds our uh, prayers in in heaven. And it talks about that also in uh, Revelation chapter 5. And he mixes it with incense. And I believe that's the righteousness of Jesus and then it goes up as a holy savor before him on the throne of God, on the altar of God, at the throne of God. Mm. And so I, I, I just think that prayer is more important than we realize. I, I've been sold on prayer for a long time, but uh, I've prayed more in the last, um, I'd say, four or five years than I have in my whole life, probably. I, and it's just something I don't want to go through a day that's not prayed over, and I don't want to waste time by not praying. The more you pray, uh, prayer time spent in prayer is never wasted time. And everybody needs to get into a routine. I don't mean just a uh, monotonous thing, but you need to get in. You need to develop the discipline. Uh, nowadays, if people if you talk about discipline, people say, "Oh, you're legalistic." <laughs> you know, discipline is not legalism. Discipline is obedience. We're to discipline ourselves right. for the purpose of godliness, and you, you don't read the Bible when you feel like it. You read the Bible until the feelings come. You don't wait on the feeling to pray. You pray because it matters. Things are different after you pray than they were before you prayed. And your prayers are so precious that God saves them in golden bowls. And I think that's one of the ways that we lay up treasure in heaven. And I believe that people need to think about I need, you know, forget this stuff about putting money in my retirement. Yeah, that's great. But that's so temporary, and I could die before I get a penny of it anyway. Yeah. I want to lay up treasure in heaven, and I want to do it one way. By The more I pray, the more my bowl is going to be filled up in heaven. And I believe those prayers are eternal. I believe they continue to burn and to echo at the throne of Almighty God there at the altar of incense where they're placed. And I believe with all my heart that's the main thing that I've learned is that we need to pray more. And I'll also be willing to— re- to witness to people and talk about Jesus. And, you know, people are walking out in their neighborhoods. Where I've, I've met my neighbors. I've met more neighbors in the last three months than I even knew that we had. Oh, yeah. And I've tried to witness to as many of them as I can. You know, people talk about a gospel uh, conversation. I hear about that all the time. A real gospel conversation, though, includes a gospel presentation and a gospel invitation. Yeah. And if you don't do a gospel presentation and a gospel invitation, and I'm not trying to play with words, but you don't really have a gospel conversation. Mm-hmm. And so I've been have, trying to have a lot more gospel conversations, sharing my faith and uh, talking to people in the neighborhood, praying with people, uh, everybody that comes to my house, whether they're an Amazon deliverer or whatever, you know, we I try to witness to all of them. And so, you know, I, that's what we've been doing. Uh, but I do think in the days to come, there's going to be more digital ministry than before. I believe bookstores, if I owned any stock in bookstores, I'd sell it real quick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that stuff's over sure. with. And I think that, you know, everything's going to be digital. And I think that all churches are going to have to have some mode of communicating with their people digitally through the telephones, through the Internet. And I think that that's, what, that's what's going to be out there in the future. Uh, you know, you take our Lifeway stores. I mean, a lot of people lament that they're gone. And Ridgecrest, that was just recently sold. Mm-hmm. Well, that's just the way it is. It's a paradigm shift. 
digital, digital, digital. And what that means is we don't have to have these big buildings uh, for some of our entities and stuff. They can do more and more stuff online. And so, you know, that's what I believe we're going to. And you, you can either flow with it or you can run against the tide and later out be washed in, up in it anyway. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah we, uh, uh, we have definitely seen that. Um, both my brothers are pastors, uh, in the Tennessee Baptist convention and, uh, both of them, I get to, I get to watch my brothers preach every single, I get to see all my friends who are pastors preach every single week. It's been, uh, it's been crazy to see. And it's been, it's been good that the Lord is redeeming Facebook with the presentation of the gospel constantly. It's, uh, it's redeeming these things that were once, uh, just for political bantering and arguing. And so, um, it's been, it's been really good to see. And I, I, we talked about you know, that we're going to have to have a digital presence. And I know that um, it's hard. It's hard looking on the news. You've got CDC numbers changing or not changing. We have no earthly idea. Uh, you have uh, some states uh, lightening up um, on the restrictions. You have some states hammering down. Uh, and so the, one of the things that we love to do as believers is gather together. Um, we love to gather together, it's, and it's been so hard. I know that we have had students and families and people uh, just gather in our parking lots and have potlucks and bring their meals and eat in the parking lot. We ha- we've had um, college students. We did a whole big thing for college students last week just to hand out donuts, and unbeknownst to us, all of them parked and just sat six feet away so they could see another human. And so uh, we have a desire to come together. And so, uh, you know, I know that you're in Tennessee, but what what are what does that look like? What's your best guess on when we will be able to come back together? Maybe limited, but like when we can come back together, maybe restriction free um, as a church body. I don't know that will uh, it will ever be exactly like it was. Yeah. Um, I, at least for some time, you'll have some senior adults that just have uh, been so petrified with those whole thing. They may never come back uh, as far as they may watch online from now on. I'm talking about not all your senior adults, but some. It may be a year or two before they come back, and by then they may not even be here. So they, you know, there may be some people that don't come back, but they'll still support, they'll still give, they'll still mail in their tithe or whatever, you know, and still pray for the church and all that. So for some people, I don't think it will ever be complete. I think that it'll be a permanent change for some people that are maybe older or whatever. I do think that uh, we are, I keep using the word paradigm. This is a paradigm shift. And I think more people are going to be conscious about uh, uh, hygiene and cleanliness. I mean, who would have thought that you couldn't buy hand sanitizer? I will never leave the house uh, I mean, without good <laughs> gracious alive, yeah. man. I mean, and now every time I put my hand on a doorknob, I think unclean, unclean, yeah, you know? I, know. I hear bells and, uh, yeah. yeah, you know, something goes off in my little brain saying, you need to wash your hands before you touch your eyes. And so I, I think there's going to be, uh, I don't know that we'll ever go back to the way it was prior to COVID. I do think there will be more government control. I'm not trying to go on a conspiracy run here. But I do believe that we're seeing that. I mean, you're seeing the government tell the church what to do. That's always a bad thing. It never ends well. And, you know, know, in general. Now, we've 
by the grace of God, we've got a Holy Spirit-filled, born-again, Jesus-loving, witnessing prayer warrior governor in Tennessee. He loves the Lord. And uh, his name is Bill Lee, and I love this guy. He's going to be on our National Day of Prayer Hour on our Zoom call this Thursday at Bellevue. He's going to be with us. Just a great guy. And he's letting everybody go into phase one. We're going back today. And uh, today is our day to re-enter and to practice social distancing, but we can go back to work as of today. And so I was uh, waiting on this phone call, and then I've taken all my stuff, and I'm going to spend the rest of the day up at the church. And we'll have the majority of our staff up there. We've still got a few people that are going to be out. But um, I do think that the world is embracing globalization. And I think that, uh, you know, the things that you see, the, the um, World Health um, Organization, is one thing that scares me because, you know, basically we've got a president that kind of said, you guys, you know, are wrong and they were wrong. And I, I'm not real big on America supporting all these things and we get very little out of it, whether it's NATO or whatever else. We've gotten very little out of that for ourselves. And I, I'm not just saying that God's an American. I'm not against for God so loved the world. I'm not against world missions. But I am against globalization. I am against one world government because of what I believe about Antichrist. I think that is the spirit of Antichrist. And so I, I think that there are a lot of people in America that don't want America. They don't want our economy to thrive because they want a worldwide economy. Because instead of having 300 million people to sell to in a worldwide economy, they'd have 7 billion people to sell to. I don't think it's religious for them. I think it's monetary for them. And and yet it plays into the hand of the enemy. So I believe a strong nationalism and uh, I am anti-globalization in the sense of America just always getting the bad deal on, uh, you know, trade and everything else with China and whatnot. I'm against all that. I, I believe that they ought to pay their fair share I think that we ought to get do do our right, but I don't think we're ever going to come back to a no. I think if there's a new normal. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a lot more handled digitally, and with that comes the ability to control. Now I'm going to say something that may shock you, but I think you guys may live to see the day where all finances are digital and there is no currency, there is no dollar bill, there is no five dollar bill, ten dollar bill. Because one of the ways they're going to say it is, well, it's, it's not practical, and besides that, they carry germs. And they do. They're filthy. Every dollar bill, that's why they call it filthy lucre, I guess. But, uh, you know, and I may be talking about some things you guys are just probably saying, I, I don't believe that, whatever. I'm just telling you, it would not shock me. Let me put it to you this way. It would not shock me that within my children's lifetime or in my grandchildren's lifetime, that money is gone and everything is digital. And what does that lead to? It leads to eventually what? Globalization. Y'all still there? Yeah. Globalization. <laughs> the, mark, the mark of the beast. Ooh. The mark of the beast where you can't buy anything without a mark. Oh, yeah. So now I'm, I'm just I'm saying, trying to get, trying you got to understand, I've been, for, three, for three months I've been studying eschatology. Okay? Yes. So that's kind of where I'm living right now. But guys, I'm just telling you, uh, we're heading, and, and you can either get in with God. The best thing to do is not worry about it. 
but to pray like it matters, to read your Bible like it matters, to witness like it matters, to live like it matters, to preach like it matters, to minister like it matters, because it matters. Mm. And if we'll just stay close to God, we're not going to worry about Antichrist. We're not, look, I'm not looking for Antichrist. I'm looking for Christ. Mm -hmm. And if we will keep our eyes focused on Jesus and longing for his return, and we'll live like today could be the day that I go see Jesus, either through death or through rapture, we're going to live a better life, a more full life. We're going to tell people about Jesus. We're going to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and we will not love the world nor the things in the world for all that's in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life is not from the Father, but it's from the world. And what? This world is passing away and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. So let's just stay focused on Jesus and be all out for him all the time and live our lives for the glory of God, raise our kids, in the fear and admonition of the Lord, pray for people, witness to people, disciple people, and stay on the happy side and just give God glory. Even if we're called on to give our lives, what better way to go out than to die for Jesus? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's good. That, that's right. We and and we agree. And that that's such a good word, and that's so encouraging. Um, everybody's focused on everything uh, negative and everything scary and everything, uh, and that's what we've been trying to encourage our students. And I, I love that you mentioned that about seeing first the kingdom. That's been our series for our students recently. Uh, we've been in this since January, um, and it's been it's been really encouraging to us uh, because uh, you you may not know this, but in January we had our D now weekend. And one of the things that was really encouraging to our students is that we had a spirit, a move of the Spirit of God unlike anything that we'd experienced, unlike anything that I had experienced. Um, we actually had um, Andy Heiss, who was our speaker, and he he mentioned, and he I said... I remember when Andy got saved. Oh, yeah. He, he was our speaker, and he said, I've not experienced anything like this since uh, I was at Gardendale. And uh, Russ will tell you, Laura, his wife will tell you, um, it was a great move of God. And it was in a powerful way, in a really tangible way when we were all together and gathered together. And I think one of the great things that the Lord is teaching, and I'm so grateful that he continues to teach, um, that he's teaching us, and I think he's teaching our students, he's teaching me, is that... um, Sometimes it's not in the fire, sometimes it's not in the earthquake, sometimes it's not in the mighty rushing wind, but sometimes it's just simply in the whisper that the that the Spirit of God moves in such a powerful way. And uh, I think you've been reading Mark Batterson, brother. That's that's the <laughs> book I talked about a while ago. Yeah, whisper. What? And, and and that's what the Lord's been teaching me, and 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 what you're talking about. The Lord has a plan through this, and I believe um, I believe He's going to accomplish a great work. And 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 uh, brother Steve, we are so grateful that you have joined us on our podcast, and uh, we believe this is. Well, gonna... it's an honor to do it. I'm so glad that young men like you are living for the Lord, and uh, I've got a son who's a pastor. I've got a son-in-law who's a minister of worship. Hmm another son-in-law who is a pastor, and another son-in-law who is a Baptist deacon. And I'm just grateful to God for young men like y'all that love Jesus and just want to see the gospel go forth. Yeah, that's and that's what your life needs to be, guys. I, I'm, I'm 62 years old. I'm still in the fray. I've been preaching for 40 years, and I'm just telling you, I'm having more fun preaching and ministering than I ever have. And I'm, it, my, my walk with the Lord is better than it's ever been. And I just want to say to you guys, man, just stay in love with Jesus. Stay in love with your wife. 
stay in love with your church and your family and just watch what God does and, and just keep crying out to God in prayer. That's right. That's great. Thank you so much, Brother Steve. We appreciate it. And we uh, we hope Glad you, to be with you. Oh, yeah, we appreciate it. Um, and we hope that you guys who've, who are listening are uh, getting something from this. Man, we hope that you've been encouraged. We hope that you've been, uh, you've been encouraged by uh, the, the good news that the end, yeah, it's coming, but the end leads to Jesus. And, if, and I encourage you, if you've never given your life to Christ— that there is no better day than today to give your life to Christ. Uh, there's no better time than right now to surrender your life to Christ. And that's what we hope to do with our podcast is to share the good news of the gospel from college students to pastors uh, to evangelists to uh, plumbers and electricians. We want people to know that the gospel is not uh, a, uh, something for uh, just the upper echelon of humanity. No, it's for everyone. Christ came to die for everyone. We hope that you're encouraged by that. Uh, we hope that you would believe on Christ. And if you're a believer, we hope that this time encourages is you. And we hope that you would uh, uh, be encouraged by this podcast. And we hope that you would subscribe and share it. Share it with a friend. You know somebody right now who needs this. So share it with them. And we hope uh, that this encourages your soul today. Thank you so much for listening to the Here's the Deal podcast.